<laughs> Are we on? I think so. The clock is running, so we're rolling. All right. Hey, friends. We are back with another exciting episode of Shifting Our Stories. This, I'm Abby. It won't be a two-hour episode, but this is Jen. <laughs> she says it won't. <laughs> so tonight, we have a super exciting, I think... Um, we are going to deep dive into Jen. Ah! <laughs> it's good to know your host night. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, I did you a, get a really show. fun face and I apologize because you guys totally missed it. It was a pretty good face, but I hope you're excited. Yes. So tonight we're going to, we've done a couple of these. We're actually on episode 10. All right. That's like milestone. All right. I, know. I don't know that I can be episode 10. Episode That's a milestone 10. and following like where in the world is Jeremy Uricue? Like I don't know the that the international I, man of mystery. I'm not sure I'm up for this anymore, Abby. <laughs> you'll I think be fine. We might need to switch topics. Nah, you'll be fine. <laughs> it, episode ten can be get to know your host Jen, and episode twenty we can get, get to know Abby because well, clearly nobody knows anything about me. Right. I feel like a lot I never of, talk about anything. A lot of our episodes are mostly about your line of work, so which is the way it should be. What? I don't, I don't do anything <laughs> exciting. Anyway, so let's talk Jen. What do you want to know? Well, so well, so let's start with some basics. We know that now you live in Louisville. Louisville, but I used to call it Louisville because I grew up in western New York and that's what you say, Louisville. Right. So let's let's start with the basics. You talk about how you can, um, are from New York. Yeah. But I'm not from the city, so I don't walk my dog and drink the coffee. I'm from Western New York, no, so you I like drink out of a glass. I drink out of a glass, and I color with crayons, <laughs> and I go shopping in the plaza. Crayons. <laughs> oh, I was doing so good up till then. <laughs> so, but let's. So how like how did I get here? Yeah, like New York, because you had several stops along the way, right? I had it a wasn't couple, just yeah. I had a couple stops along the way. So I grew up in New York. I went to college up in New York. Um, in Rochester, and then I graduated and moved to Columbia, South Carolina um, to do an internship. So my degree in college was music therapy, and so I moved to South Carolina to do an internship, and then after that, I needed a job that paid money, as Those one do help. does. That adulting thing. Um, and at that point, I had two job offers. Um I mean, I probably could have had a slew more, but I'd also only applied to two places. <laughs> but they both offered me jobs. Well, so one of them was at a maximum security prison working with a male aggressor group in I their mean, in their rehabilitation. And this wasn't your first choice. It well, I feel like we've talked a little honestly, bit about this before. Honestly, it kind of was, but I knew my mommy would never <laughs> sleep at night. I was gonna um, say, like, how do you? I was, break a 20, that to your parents? I was a 22-year-old girl, and the person who held the position bef like before it was empty had already left. So there was nobody to learn from. It would have been like walking in as a new grad, new music therapist with like nobody to learn. So the safer – I took the safer route. Oh, I have a question before yeah. we move past the prison mm -hmm. thing. Did, did you ask or did they happen to tell you why that person left? Um – 
I probably did ask because that's a very me kind of question. Well, I feel like that's kind of an important question. Like, but I don't remember. And the, the honestly, the answer that they gave me may or may not have been the full truth, right? Like, true. Not that it would have been a lie, but it might not have been the full story either. But I also feel like... Like, at some jobs, okay, you just need somebody else. Did like, they get axed cool, in the neck like... with a key during a session? Right Did they... I mean, like, I, I don't know. You know, that I feel like that's a pretty legit question for that kind of position. Yeah, yeah. I probably did ask. The answer hasn't stuck with me through the years, so I so don't know. So it wasn't exciting. It wasn't an exciting answer. Okay, we can move it on. was probably a very, like, politically correct. Did you tell your parents you applied for that? Oh, yeah. They knew I applied for it. <laughs> well, yeah. What did your mom say? Well, I don't know. It was over the phone. So she probably didn't give me the whole story either. <laughs> I mean, did you, I was... Like, did your dad call later and go, why would you have even told your mother? Because I feel like that's how mine would have gone. <laughs> no, I think they were very big on just trusting that I would make the right choices in life, which... You did, I clearly. Well, I did, but I'm not sure what they were basing that off of if you... <laughs> Thank you for trusting me, Mom. Good raising. And- um, well, so anyway, I took the safer option, which was working with adults and kids with developmental delays in some way or like on the autism spectrum um, up in northern Indiana. So I moved up there, earned paycheck, met so my now husband. Pretty South Carolina to up Indiana. Indiana. like. It was very different. Well, in moving from New York to South Carolina, that was like culture shock. Sure. And then moving back to Indiana still wasn't quite the same as Western New York. Like it was closer-ish, but not, it still wasn't the same. But then we moved down here when he got a job with the police department. And then, um, again, I needed a job that paid money, like... You know, Again. as one does. But um, so I worked at. If only someone would pay you for your humor. Or just can somebody pay me to like make them. Soup? Jelly. <laughs> jelly. I'll make you jelly. <laughs> or I'll just stand in the kitchen and like tell you you're doing a good job. Can somebody like pay me for that? That would be a good job. I'll just follow you around and pat your shoulder and say, good job, Abby. Keep it up. There are some days I would pay you to do that. I mean, um, it's going to be like... I accept. It's not going to be much. <laughs> oh, well. And I don't pay benefits, so. All right, fair enough. Well, I use my husband's benefits, so... Perfect. <laughs> it's all good. Perfect. We just have to pay bills. <laughs> um, no, so when we moved here, I got a job with one of the hospital systems working with their oncology patients and their families, so... Yeah. So I went New York to South Carolina to uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana to... Louisville, oh, I'm so proud Kentucky. <clears throat> See, you're a Q. I get her away from you, and she's back to Louisville. Just saying. <laughs> so, yeah. So, all over. All over. Yeah. And you know what's really funny about that is growing up, I was the kid that was going to, like, I wasn't going to leave. I was going to yeah. stay near small town, upstate New York. So, I was how gonna small stay was home. the town you grew up in? There were, I mean... Not small compared to Kentucky small towns, right? Like compared to Louisville. There were like 5,000 people in our town. Oh. So it was small. So you were like town. Yeah. Well, they call them villages. In the town. It, it okay. was a village in a town. 
in a county in a you know you know how it goes but yeah i mean i, I don't because i'm from louisville and it doesn't like that's not a thing here no like i can't wrap my head around that because i well it's you know just so different to me i think the closest comparison would be how we have all like the little annexed cities right? right like so although any of those annexed cities is probably bigger than the town i grew up in too well but, even that they're still in the middle of everything else right they're is, still yeah so yeah. like the mall was 30 minutes away we had to drive on the on the expressway to get up there you know whatever um so you say you know like a, oh yeah got it doesn't everybody know what it's like to live in western new york <laughs> No. Especially in the winter. I drove five minutes down the road and I was at anything I needed. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we had we had what you needed in town, right? But to like go to the mall or go to a movie theater that had more than one movie showing at a time, you had to drive 20, 30 minutes north towards Buffalo to get there. But man, if you wanted to ski, we had you covered Ooh. with snow from... We used to trick-or-treat in the snow, my friend. Like your, your costume better be warm. better well it had to fit your snowsuit or your winter coat <laughs> underneath so none of those little like like fairy costumes or fair enough whatever but anyway so we landed here and here we are i'm glad you're here yeah so i'm here very cool and you probably so, want to know like how music yeah <laughs> how that works <laughs> yeah so well like so have you always played like how'd you like, how did the music thing come along? Okay, that's a good question, Abby. Great question. So, I try. Okay. So, um, I don't know. I took piano lessons from when I was, like, five years old, probably. And then, I mean, in high school, when you have to kind of start thinking about what you want to do with your life, I never once in my life ever had the urge to, like, hey, I want to be a teacher and stand in the classroom. I have all the awe and respect for classroom teachers. And I have since taught. And it is still, like... Oh. I am grateful for those who are called into that profession because yes. it Amen is just not my cup of tea, especially this year. Shout out to the teachers. But uh, I yeah, if I... NTI taught me anything, it's that that was so not my calling. Oh, for sure. I knew I wanted to do something with music, but I didn't want to be a teacher. And I certainly didn't want to be on stage as a performer. You didn't want to be in a rock band? Mm. Dude, I even wanted to be in a rock band. No. I have no musical prowess. No, I I have never enjoyed the spotlight. So you can, I mean, ask Abby, like, the anxiety I was having before this spotlight. <laughs> um, she may or may not be a little nervous tonight, guys. <laughs> but she's doing great. Um, yeah, so it's like, well, what, is that, what does that leave? I'm not going to teach music. I'm not going to perform music. What am I going to do? Um, and then I saw an article in something and then I had to do a research project. And um, so I picked music therapy as the topic because I saw that article and I was like, the more I looked into it, I was like, that is, that is it. It's helping people using music. That's like, that's totally me. Like that's, that's, I couldn't ask for a better fit. So I feel like then the question that most people have is, I don't know what music therapy is. What, right. what is that? Um, and so it really is essentially what it sounds like. You're using music to meet therapeutic goals or non-musical goals. Like this morning when I was giving piano lessons, I was teaching music. I'm all right teaching one-on-one, -on -one, but I don't want to see it in front of a classroom. 
Um, but I'm teaching music to teach you music. Like learning music is the goal, right? right. So as a teacher, I'm teaching you the notes. We're learning the theory. We're learning how it all works together for the purpose of you being able to play music and read music and understand music. In music therapy, I'm using music to meet maybe social emotional goals, to meet physical goals, motor goals, cognitive goals. Like we're using music and music interventions, but not for the sake of making you a better musician. We're using it to help you and yourself and your body and your mind whatever that might be so you know we do assessments we have treatment plans we have objective goals um measurable goals right. you know we write reports all of all of that stuff that you would expect from any therapist of any sort and so um i worked my internship was in um a psychiatric hospital and i really really enjoyed very cool that um and then like i said i moved up to fort wayne and worked with kids and adults with developmental delays and just different um different abilities and then when we moved down here i got a job with one of the hospital networks in town and worked with oncology patients and their families, which was probably, probably my favorite of those three kinds of settings. Because we've talked about this before for you, like you walk in to somebody's life, like in a crucial crisis, traumatic right. time. Well, and I, I, that was my opportunity to do that, you know, like, here's this diagnosis. Here are these supports that are available for you. Go. Right. Um, so in the hospital, you know, I would get referrals for patients who might need um, like pain reduction. So we would use music to help reduce their perception of pain, um, help relax their bodies. We know studies show that music can positively impact our heart rate and our right. respiration rates and in a hospital we're fortunate enough a lot of times they might be hooked up to a monitor so we so can, can see we can see these changes happening um i would get a lot of referrals for like anxiety reduction whether it's prior to a procedure or you know in the midst of an extubation which can be a really traumatic yeah. experience. Um, so we'd get referrals for procedural support, but working with oncology patients and their families by far, probably the biggest reason I would get referred to a patient was for their emotional support. So helping coping mechanisms, processing through what is going on at any given time. Um, and then where I was working, I also had the privilege then of being able to work with the family members also. Um, I didn't just have to work with the patients. I could extend beyond that, whether it was on an inpatient setting or an outpatient setting. So I could really kind of do that full gamut of like That's making cool. sure that everybody had the supports that they needed. Well, and making sure those family members are doing well is so crucial to helping the patient too. Like, oh, for sure, because you can't. If the family is good. The patient does better. For sure. We know that. So it's for sure. And a caregiver can't pour from an empty cup, right? Right. So we have to maintain some level of functional ability <laughs> for them so that they we can can't run on empty? 
I mean, we do, right? We do, yes. But we see those effects later down the line. And that patient sees those effects too. And it's just kind of like that give and take, like kind of usually the elephant in the room, right? Nobody wants to say, hey, go take a break or hey, get some rest or they're trying to hold it together for each other, right? right? Well, and I think the other thing is half the time, if you look at somebody who is that person, right? And you look at me and say, you need to go take a rest. You look like you're having a rough spell or, hey, have you taken care of yourself lately? Like, that is just enough to tip me over the freaking edge. Right. Like, well, that's the straw I need to be like, oh, you right. know, because I know, like, for me, when it was, when dad was sick and I I was trying to take care of, you know, make sure mom was good and try to help with all the hospital stuff because I have the medical background. So you're trying stretched to interpret, in so many different directions. Right. And. While, yes, it's nice to be asked, hey, are you doing okay? Because you probably need to go take a minute for yourself. And I know people mean well when they do the whole, well, you need to take care of you too. How how am I supposed to do that, though? Yes, and I think that's what is so hard to convey to your friends is that, like, do you understand, though, that you telling me I need to take care of myself is basically you've just added one more to-do to my list. Right. And the to-do that you added is unattainable right like that's the unattainable checkoff right so I don't want to tell you so to to be able to I think for you all to be able to go in and help family members is huge well especially in a a cancer oncology patient kind of situation because that is a that's a family unit disease that's not a patient disease sure whether how long or short yeah. You know, that treatment or diagnosis even, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't just, it's not, oh, hey, you have cancer. No, your whole family That's, is coping with this in very You have cancer, ways. but everyone around you now sure. has sure. this thing. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the neat things that I thought was just kind of really interesting to watch as it would unfold is you might be in a room um working with a patient. So, you know, I'm watching, I'm, I'm focusing on the patient providing maybe preferred music in a relaxing way. You know, if they're trying to reduce their anxiety, we're trying to bring down that heart rate, um, to what maybe it should have been not elevated. Like perhaps it was a little bit ago. And while you're doing that, you could look over out of the corner of your eye and see that wife or that husband finally just like not fidgeting, maybe even closing their eyes. And like, even if that moment is only lasting for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, that's 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes that they were able to take care of themselves in some way. Like they yeah, were able a 30 to minute nap. That's, let down their yeah. guard They could see that their patient, their loved one, could feel okay Mm -hmm. for even just a short while. Um, Like, it was, it's just really fulfilling to be able to watch, like, both ends of that, I think. So. That's very cool. I don't know. But I was trying to think of, like, there's so many people, I feel like, that have, you know, changed, you know, how I view things or, hey, shifted my story in some way. Well, so, if you don't mind. Oh, tell me. 
if I... I might mind, but I don't know. Well, and I'm not going to know until our listeners know. I so. know, right? I'm going to bring <laughs> it up. If you don't, if you mind and you don't want to go there. Sure. You wave the flag and we won't go there, but I'm going to bring it up. Um, so last week we talked with Jeremy Uricue. Yeah. And we were talking just about how he got to where he is. And I think the passion for what he does is just so there and evident, oh for sure you know? um shout out to jeremy right what up wherever you are whenever you listen to this <laughs> somewhere um and so a good friend of mine listened and um her comment was that there we we had such passion for what we do that we had clearly chosen the right fields and that sure you know it was just evident that we there was so much love for oh Nobody could listen to you guys talk and not know that you're not exactly where you belong. Yeah, I feel like we, I, he and I haven't seen each other. God, I don't even know it. I mean, it's probably been 10 years since we've seen each other. And as soon as he walked into the room, it was like, ah, you know, right back right there. Right back to where you were. And I think he and I could have been in a room by ourselves for another 10 years. Just talking. And probably neither one of us would have shut up the entire time. <laughs> um, but... So you texted me. Yeah, I did. I know. So can we kind of go there? Do, is that okay? We can go there, I suppose. Well, I, I think it's because it, your story shifted so from well, where you were. And so I feel like, I let me just say, I will go back to that. I am, mm -hmm. you know, keeping up my ability to go back with that, like keeping up my continuing education. Like, I will... Right. Go back to working in music therapy someday. And I would love to go back working in some of those like the that end of life or the chronic illness because, well, let me tell you. So one of my first patients that I ever saw, it was like, oh, Jen, are you are you really up for this? Can, can you do this? He walks in the door. He came in as an outpatient. So he wasn't hospitalized at the time, but I was able to provide services um, to patients that were receiving care through our cancer center. Cool. Okay. So I could see them on an outpatient basis. And he walked in, he sat down, um, in one of the chairs in my office and he said, Hey, nice to meet you. We're going to write a song for my funeral. Oh, okay. And so over the next month, Abby has like tears welling up in her eye. I did. I like. We sat and I we wrote. this man. We wrote the lyrics. Then we wrote the music. And then he and I, he didn't want to be on the recording, but I recorded it with him present so he could have full say in how it sounded and make sure that it told his story. So he was processing all of this he knew he was gonna die oh my god I he was not ready knew, for this <laughs> <laughs> he knew he was leaving his wife behind oh. and so not only was this going to be helping him process and cope with this big life event going on he was creating a memory and leaving a legacy for his wife to hold on to oh. something tangible right like he could hand her a cd and say this is me and this is my story and you will forever have this. That was like my first patient in this job. And I will never, ever forget. And then his wife called me and asked me to sing it at his funeral. And I was still pretty new to Louisville. Like we had just moved here and I roll up in the parking lot that day. Again, mind you, I don't like being on stage. 
to the most gigantic church that I have ever seen in my life. And anybody from this city can know exactly exactly what church I'm talking about. I was like, oh, but I wasn't doing it for me. Like, this is for you. This is so like to say that I, I desperately want to go back to that. And since then, there were so many other patients that just hold a special place in my heart for different reasons one of them i will never forget that is why i can't work with anybody long term girl that is why i do the side of it i do like i would grow so attached to people well and and you do you do because you're working with them and you're working with your families and you're getting so close to them and involved in so many ways but one of i mean i made four runs today and two of them i would like to go back and check on tomorrow because they were so cute And I had the ability to do that, which was not necessarily because they were cute, but because they needed you and you knew that you were making a difference. Yeah, see, it just gets creepy if I do it. Well, yeah. (laughs) So, like, I freak people out. Not creepy. If the ambulance rolls up and you didn't call for us, (laughs) it tends to freak people out. It does kind of freak you out. Yeah, it freaks people out. So, he was one of my first patients. All right, so my last patient might make you well up. Just He wasn't my last patient, but the last one that I had that really long-term, deep-involved um, working relationship with was very young. He was in his 20s. Um, I don't know if I can take it. And he had just graduated and started working, and his family was by his side every step of the way. But the thing that I will never forget, and he was a musician, so we would, if he could jam, we would just let it loose. Like, we would just play, leave it on the table. We organized a rooftop concert in the, at the hospital so he could, his, his band members could come and play. Um, the NICU complained on us and we got in trouble, but you know what? It was babies. It probably stimulated those babies. It did. Um. And I don't know that you could hear it as much as the complaints were saying that you could. But regardless, to see the look on his face worth it. was worth every every second of it, even if it was cut short. But what I will never forget about him is the day I was pregnant with Izzy when I was working with him. And I actually was on maternity leave for a I don't know, two months, I guess. And I was so nervous that he wasn't going to be still there when I got back. And he was. But before I left on maternity leave, I will never forget. He reached out his hand and he said, I've never touched a pregnant belly before. And I will never feel my baby kick. Can I feel your belly? And I was like, <laughs> Like, just the ways that you don't even realize. Yeah. I don't know. So... Anyway, so then <laughs> several months later, I, I left because then it was just different things at work changed. It wasn't, I don't know. I feel like I was definitely being led to the direction of staying home for a while and in just in a new season mm-hmm. and circumstances had changed enough at work and had changed enough at home that it was just really like, Jen, your path is this way. Like you need to go this way you can come back to that someday but right right now this is where you need to be and I had never ever ever doubted that decision one single day in my life until I listened to our last episode and I was listening to the passion in your all's voices and so I sent Abby a text and I don't remember exactly what it said but it was basically am I 
like wasting my time and my space. Like, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing by being home? I'm not contributing. I'm not, I'm so passionate about the field that I was working in, but I'm not doing that. Like, am I wasting my life? (laughs) Like I was having, it was, it was a pretty, like, it was a pretty big moment. Um, not in a good way, (laughs) but I never till that day, ever once questioned making the right choice and taking this season to stay home with the kids. And then I did. You all made me question my life, Abby. I hate that. I hate that. (laughs) But no, I don't think it was a bad thing because I think sometimes we need that check. Right. To like reevaluate. Is this still. Am I still on the path? Right. Or do I need to veer my path? Like, what is the best yes for me? If you've never read that book, by the way, you need to read that book. The best yes. Um, I'll add it to my list. Yes. Um, Like, am I still saying the best yes by staying home? And I think I had to have that moment of super really deep evaluating and questioning it. And then I think I just needed to hear. I think what I really needed was to hear the validation from an outside source and do I count as outside well but as much as I love my husband like obviously I love my husband but like he he was gonna look at me and laugh like are you kidding me like why are you questioning this like what don't do that then he won't let you hang out with me (laughs) well and really when when you look at it I've always told him like you know if he wants to put in for a promotion or changing shifts or whatever like man you've got the flexibility to do this because I am home. Like we can make whatever your schedule is work. We can make wherever your schedule is work. Um, You know, we can like, I know that I'm in the right place. And especially in this season, who would have ever foreseen COVID and NTI? And And just thinking back, like if I was still working there's no way in the right. world that we would be making this work. Right. And so I know that this is one of those things that just years ago, like God knew, right? Like right. timing is perfect. Like he knew that down the line, this was going to come. Yep. And well, and you, you know, you think, I mean, we talked about it, like everybody does Everybody's doing their thing, you know? Sure. And you are raising little people who are learning to do their thing. Yeah. And you are teaching your girls to be empowered young women who will grow up to absolutely change the world. They will. And do big things. Right now they're sandwich makers, Jeremy. They're sandwich makers. (laughs) Girl. (laughs) But... Your girls will do big things and they will do it with good hearts and happy hearts. Well, and, and you know what I think is really cool? Like, I'm a little biased because they're my kids. I mean. But I don't think they have to be grown up to do I feel they, oh, they're no. they're already. Yes. They're already making those steps. to Like, in the beginning of pandemic season life, I think we were back in. It must have been April. It was pretty early on. They wanted to do a lemonade stand, but they knew you couldn't do a traditional lemonade stand, right? Because pandemic, whatever. Pandemic. So they they figured it out. They set up a table 
on the sidewalk in front of the house and they had water bottles and they had hand sanitizer and they had like the little individual packets of self-serving like the lemonade so somebody could take their lemonade or their water bottle take their lemonade packet they had a um a box with a hole cut in the top so you could just stick your money in and use your hand sanitizer right what would most kids do with the money that they earn toys right no or candy they bought supplies like they bought baby formula to donate to an organization in town that helps support struggling young mothers. Like, and then last year, Abby was a rock star and sent a whole fire department <laughs> and ambulance crew out to shout out to Anchorage Middletown. When you tell me your kid has a lemonade stand, she's going to send, I will send customers, all the public service people to you. So that was the one time it was okay for an ambulance and a fire truck to roll up in front of the house and right. not actually be needed. But again, that lemonade stand, they spent all their money. They went to Target and they bought all the supplies they could to make bags to give to homeless people and just one. like socks and, um, you know, soap and water bottles right. and snacks. And like they're they have already yep. changing. Well, and you that's that's from you. That's from so you're doing you're where you're supposed to be and your passion comes through in that that's where that comes from so well, you thanks have... oh shucks <laughs> oh but you know you like and we talked about this you have plenty of time right like at some point they'll be in high school and they'll have activities sure and at that point you will have time to go back and Right, because right now, my husband will even tell me, he's like, you are the least stay-at-home, stay-at-home mom I've ever right, right. met. Yeah, um, B one time was like, you, sh you should quit your job and be a stay-at-home mom. And I was like, that's cute, because I ain't going to stay anywhere if I'm... No, yeah, no. I mean, we're at home a lot more right now. I'm not going right to stay here. But just because of the circumstances. Right. But, I mean, Izzy cooked this morning for two different families who have struggles going on. And that's all her. Like, when I tell you guys she cooks, the other day when she made, she made a pumpkin pie, she wanted to make a pumpkin pie for her teacher. She roasted the pumpkins. All she needs me for is the muscle to cut the to cut the pumpkin open okay like she can't cut the pumpkin open and she's a little timid about the heat of the oven which thank goodness Strong work please be timid be. about okay, that yeah. yes homegirl only needs me to like help read the directions on a recipe because she's in kindergarten and she doesn't read very well yet <laughs> but pretty soon next year like she's not even gonna need me in the kitchen right she, she like she'll go in there hey mom do you want breakfast? Can have you eaten breakfast yet? Can I make you something? I'm I'm not really hungry, but the answer is yes. Sure. The answer is always yes. You want to make me an egg sandwich? I don't want an egg sandwich, but yes. Right. Please, please. But to see you have, I mean, well, I do. Your and passion I, is still going somewhere, and I still and... get to use my music. Right. Like I have piano students and guitar students, right. and so I still get to utilize a lot of that aspect of my life too. And so I guess I'm grateful for all those things. And then Options. we talked about this Outlets. on a, on one of the episode that we were sitting in your mom's house, like giggling <laughs> teenage girls. I think it was that one where like, would I have been able to walk you through right. your storm in life with your dad being sick? Like, had I not had the experience that I had and right. 
um, like I can definitely see how all of it has still prepared me sure. for where well, I am. And I think, you know, our, I think our passions in life probably change. Um, you know, I think 10 years ago, um, had I, um, had we talked 10 years ago on that same podcast we did, right, with your cue, like, 10 years ago, did I have the same passion of teaching people? Sure. Probably not. I was a brand new medic. Yeah. Hmm, just show me to the streets. Let's roll. Right. You know, give yeah. me my... Let me get busy. Give me my laryngoscope blade and the tube. Like, I want to go... I got this. I'm out, you know. Yeah. On the flip side, now, like, yes, I enjoy being on the streets and making runs, but, oh, gosh, to see people who want to learn and who ask me questions and say, you know, can you tell me about, yeah, well, come it, on, buddy, let's talk. Like, you're kind of fostering more little use, right? Like, if you hadn't been so excited to be in that field and to work in the first place, would you be as excited about getting other people excited no. about it now? And you certainly wouldn't be as amazing at it, right? Like, if you didn't have that, that excitement right. for yourself... But you've always had that passion. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It just shifts as we yeah. as we grow, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So where will it? So you know what? Uh-oh. I'm going to shout out to Tanya Glenn here. Bum, bum, bum. So since I had my little like. Tanya, t- we're going to get you hooked on our podcast and then we're going to get you on our podcast. Sure are. Since I had my little like mini text message meltdown, like I was legit crying in my kitchen all morning long. It was it was intense. <laughs> But then I started to think, like, all right, well, do I want to go back to Uncut? Like, I know, like, I don't want to abandon music therapy, right? Like, right. I love it. But I, is there music therapy for first responder? Can I incorporate this somehow? Can I be Tanya Glenn in Louisville? Like, not as big and major, but Abby has something to say. I can see it in her oh, face. Oh, because I've been sitting here all, like, tingly this whole episode wanting to say something, but I didn't know if I should. But I've been sitting here thinking, like, because what struck me was we were thinking that we talked about it. I don't know. At one point, you were talking about how you went into like the nurses' station. Oh yeah, I would sit and in you the... were like, "Hey, can I just play some music for you while you chart?" Yeah, like, yeah, huge, huge. And, and they never once told me no. Sometimes yeah. they would ask for songs with words. Sometimes they'd ask for like upbeat, get you moving stuff. And sometimes they were like, "Just play something quiet and relaxing. Just something I can just drown out." Something. Feeling. What a unique perspective and position are you in, right? Sure. That in the in what we're in right now, yeah, in pandemic craziness, husbands are police officers, which has been tumultuous, less than stable, less than stable. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that was safe, right? Yeah, less than stable. Um, but so all of. All of the police families we know have had some kind of anxiety and just oh my gosh, and I feel like that craziness, right? Yeah. Because everybody's kind of in this. We don't. It's just been nuts, right? Out of control of schedule. Like there's nothing that we hold on to that no, we can control it's been right nuts. now. I mean, I know my kids were 
why is daddy gone all the time? Well, why is daddy here all the time? Why did daddy's schedule get changed? Why did it get changed again? So not only are the wives coping for ourselves, we're also having to cope for our kids and help them through this too. But what a unique position could you be in to do, I mean, even just go on Facebook with a live video once a month. I ain't doing that. I I could help you. She's trying to put me in the spotlight again. I will draw it out of you. I ain't, I'm not singing or anything. I'm totally not volunteering for so, that. So wait, but... pause. Because I've had many a nurse tell me I ain't singing. I had a doctor oh. rap with me one day. No, no, no. Do I... you wait, wait, wait? Do I rap, Abby? I can I don't... see it. <laughs> I, I don't rap. It. I had a doctor rapping with me. Any nurse would tell you they don't get to just be like <sighs> okay. side participants. What what I'm what I meant by that was. I'll throw down. <laughs> I'll throw down in a heartbeat. If you'd like people to stick around and listen, <laughs> I won't. I was not gifted musically That's in, okay. in that area. Um, so if you'd like me to participate, it should be very, very quietly in the background. Or for it depends what our goal is, right? I could be a sub- Are we going for relaxation? Are we going for comedic like comedic relief? Right, there we go. I can do com- <laughs> I can I can bust out some fresh Prince of Bel Air for you. That's actually what I had him doing because I we couldn't come up with anything else that the two a of us. Little baby knew, got back. But I was pretty impressed. I can jam out to some baby got back. Awesome. I, I'm your girl. But what I was thinking was even to do just like a get everybody's kids on there. Yeah. Thirty minutes. Once a month, get everybody's, you know, everybody log on with your kids because let's be honest, they're all at home. Yeah. Right. Everybody log on with your kids and let's just have a big O jam session. Kids sing along yeah. and all the kids go nuts. And, right. you know, your kids are in your living room and my kids are in my living room and right. her kids are in her living room, but all the kids can connect. Yeah. Right. And they're all, they know that there's another kid out there who's going through the same thing they are. Sure. And like, how powerful could that be? So not necessarily like doing music therapy, but using music but, as an outlet to kind of bring all of them but together. But is that not music therapy? Well, I mean, it's, it's not. It's music not because therapy. right because we haven't like done it. It's not formally. No, but I mean, it's, but would it have a positive emotional benefit? Sure. Absolutely. Like, and how? So what? I guess what I'm getting at is like, while maybe right now in this season your place is to be at home with your littles. Like there is room to explore to but like man, like use this as a stepping stone. What a powerful thing, thing could you do for so many other people's kiddos in this time. All right. Well maybe we need to talk about this off the air sometime. I, like I have I'm, <laughs> this is another one of those like tingly things. Yeah, I, have. I can like, see you're like super excited. She's just as excited about this as she was about like planning this amazing conference she just like i could i yeah because i but i because i just see like i'm a i'm a big idea man you know like do it let's yeah but you're a big idea man that like makes the ideas happen then they don't just sit there like all right we'll make this happen to some extent in some regard we'll figure it out i guess because i like i don't know because i think that i i guess when i like because i can see the i can see the big benefit you know yeah because I know, like, I know how much my kids love your kids, and I know how much my kids could think, like, my kids would absolutely love to turn on the TV or the computer and be like... And see my smiling face. We're dancing with, <laughs> you know, Izzy and Ari, and we're dancing with Miss Jen, and... Yeah. And, oh, you know, so-and-so's kid, like... But it gives you... I, and how cool, like, for all of our kids to, to just have 30 minutes where 
they're just kids and they're just hanging out and dancing and yeah gosh how like what does that do for those kids during a time of pandemic when well and I know how much having just kind of those anchors in the week mm-hmm. makes it like my kid, your kids are fortunate enough that they're in school, which yes. I think helps a little bit. Mine are at home. And so they're kind of what their weeks revolve around are Ari has dance class on a Monday and she has a piano lesson. I can teach other people's kids, but I can't teach them on a Friday. I'm a but lifeguard. Like, I couldn't teach my own how to swim. Fair enough. Hers, maybe you can teach mine. I did. Um, well, you can get Izzy going. I know. She's all, yeah. Um, now Dalton, not a chance. No, 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 no. (laughs) But like that's their, her week revolves Mm -hmm. around those two points, right? Because everything else is just kind of fluid and it's all at home, which isn't bad, but it's not like defining. Like there's nothing to define this day from the next day. Izzy said it. It's like, she's never seen Groundhog Day, but she asked me one day, she's like, is today just like yesterday? Yep. <laughs> oh, it is. Baby girl. What I'm about so tomorrow? Sorry. Yep. It'll be the same too. Oh. But you know, and like she's got gymnastics twice a week and those are her anchors in the yeah. week. And so to like have, oh my gosh, music time with Jen, <laughs> like once it gives just that other ex, yeah. not expectation, but like that anchor in the yes. week that is zero pressure. Like it's not like you have you to join. You don't have to join in. But oh my gosh, it gives them something, something to for look kids forward to, to and have yes. on their calendar. Something mm-hmm. for them to have on their calendar that is happening. Oh right, you talked me into. Well, it. and like and think of like no pressure, right? Except and for me. Kids just get to, <laughs> we can sing. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. <gasps> oh, that's we my can. favorite. I know we do it too. That is my. We favorite. sing it in like February and so I have April to tell you all the months. I have a good chunk of. Um, like piano and guitar students that are just one-on-one again I can teach one-on-one I don't want to be in front of a classroom god love you all um and you know if you want to be getting really comfortable and good and able to play your Christmas songs like for your family or whoever lives in your household at this point by Christmas we got to start now like we got to start looking at that now right it oh shit early. I needed to start like in okay August well and yeah. so all of my kids have been super pumped super excited except one and he like lost it when I said hey buddy are you ready to start and we're over the phone like on a like a FaceTime call right so it's not even I can like talk him down or like pat his shoulder like you ready to start like looking at Christmas music and he like lost it. okay yeah no no we don't have to how about you tell me when you're ready sweetie like it's okay sorry mom <laughs> I'll be back how about how about you tell me when we're ready? Like, we'll just keep February. Working. February sounds good. <laughs> sounds great. We'll be ready for next year. Like, oh, oh, I was not ready for that. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. It's cool, little one. Yeah. I mean, my husband would be the same way. Like, Christmas, we can't set up our Christmas tree until, he says December. I'm a big proponent oh. of, like, I'll wait till the day after Thanksgiving, but you're oh. not going to get me any longer than that. See, I keep getting away with a little bit before Thanksgiving because this will be the second year that I've had to work oh. Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, so you can do it before. So I'm like, well, you know, I have to work that whole weekend, so I really should set it up sure. like the weekend before. The thing is, Abby, there's so many things in my life that I don't ask permission for. Why am I letting him dictate that? <laughs> Because he feels like that way he gets that one thing. Right. That well, that's probably better. it because he's not, he doesn't have a huge like 
resounding opinion in a lot of things <laughs> and then when he does it's very adamant and that's one of them so right. i guess i need to like toss you a bone i make all the life decisions yes. you can have this one you get that one that's fine <laughs> i'll not put up the christmas tree yet <laughs> well we've like diverged from topic really far but i just like hanging out with you but this has been a good little deep dive into so, jen yeah and i think I think that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Well, thank you for that reassurance. And the I other do day. think that you, and again, while I can totally see your passion with the music, and I, I get that. Like, I mean, just watching your face telling me those stories. I, I mean, clearly, I was almost in tears <laughs> with those stories. But again, like, I I have somebody for like 15, 20 minutes. I yeah. I, I don't even. I cannot even wrap relationship my, oh, is a very different can't wrap my mind around it sure. um and there are some of those too where it's just very short you don't yeah but but more often than not can't wrap my mind around, so i like, won't really tell you about the you. time that i was called into a room by the two daughters as their dad was dying within minutes like uh. to just sing his favorite songs as he goes like yeah, there's... Don't you want to just, like, hug people yes. instead of playing music? Yeah. Well, there's room for all of that. There's because there's times it wasn't I want to COVID stop time, so practicing you medicine people. and just hug people yeah. instead. And it but gets very what? hard to remember sometimes, like, no. But I, I had that ability to do that. Maybe yeah. not in that moment. You can't, like, break that moment, right? right? But, like, I did have that ability to walk back 10 minutes later and check in and it not be creepy because an ambulance is rolling back <laughs> up at my house. <laughs> yeah, it's poor form to, for us to roll back that quickly right. on the scene. Unless they're coming knocking at the door for, like, lemonade. I've got them covered. I mean. Everybody go to Jen's. She's got great lemonade. <laughs> and the girls do good thing with your money. So. I was actually told the other day by one of Izzy's friends that I make the best lemonade ever. Ever. Because you probably make the lemons by hand before you squeeze them. Actually, and then... your firefighter buddies did get that. No, this was legit like straight out of the Kroger or Meyer bread packet <laughs> mixed with some water. I must have just had a really good water to powder ratio, I think is what... <laughs> I'll have to get your secret. But, I mean, coming from a five-year-old, I felt like that was, like, top-notch compliment right there. I mean, there's not a lot that comes out of a five-year-old that's That's necessarily. I still haven't attained the elusive treasure chest that Izzy keeps trying to make me earn. So I'll take compliments from her friends where I can get them. Yeah. Because she's... That's the next best thing. She's holding out on me. Well, yeah, because she can't give it to you. Then what would she have over you? I don't know. She she tries really hard to, like, positively reinforce me. For anybody who doesn't know, she will put dots on my hand with a washable marker. She'll always ask, Mom, is this marker going to wash off? Yes. And then she'll put dots on my hand, counting all the good things that I've done for her during that day. And then she'll count them up and tell me how far away I was from earning treasure chests. <laughs> but when you earn treasure chests, this kid legit has a sack. She has this bag that she has put some of her prize, some prized possessions in some junk. Let's <laughs> let's be real. But meaningful to her in some way, she has a sack that she will let you pick an item from. <laughs> so it exists. But man, she keeps moving the mark. Like yesterday I got 10 and that used to be the benchmark. And she told me I had to get 11. So <laughs> I had to push you to 15. I don't know. So, I'll take the compliment for the best lemonade, but regardless, we should probably hop off again. I will say, though, <laughs> to wrap this up, I will tell you, from listening to you, from knowing your kids, 
<laughs> you're clearly where you're meant to be and your passion is seen in in the way I mean the way you do things for your kids and the way that you interact with them and I mean you are always like I don't know you're just that mom that's always got the this going on with them and well like, I do feel like so I, you you have the passion for things. It's yours is just in a different spot right now. Yeah, right. Nobody pays me for that spot. <laughs> well, but but in the long run, you will be paid back. Oh, I you know? and I agree. And I so can, I, and you're you're getting all this precious time with those babies. That yeah. how many people miss out on? Yeah, you know. So oh, well, thank you. And again, you can always come back to the hospital. Yeah. It'll or, be there. Or not. I don't know. Now, and now Facebook. Now we need to. No. I no, come home. on. We can. We a can, YouTube channel. I, no, I don't. So funny story. I'm pretty sure once upon a time ago, I probably would have been YouTubeable. The very day. I like that word. YouTubeable. YouTubeable. Um, no. One day at. One of the newer hospitals in town. I was called to a 14-year-old patient's room because anything anybody did was just making him scream. And I think it was like a last resort. Like, we don't know what else to do. Like, Bring nurses couldn't come in. This was like a stat order. Like, there's no music therapy <laughs> emergency. But the order printed out of the printer, like, stat. <laughs> okay. Bring in that guitar chick. Stat. I fixed him. I fixed him. See? You know what song fixed him? A song called Rockin' the Beer Gut. Go YouTube it. You will thank me later. <laughs> Not only did I sit and I had to sit in my office and learn it really quick so I could go. This was his request. So then I could go like sing it with him. I made all of his nurses and therapists and doctors who he'd been like screaming bloody murder at and cursing <laughs> at. And I made them all come in too, because he needs to see them in a positive light. Right. Cause he's put them in such a negative space. Sure. Like he needs to like shift that mindset. They need to shift their mindset with him. Right. He's because not a bad that patient. goes both directions. Right. right. Oh man. This whole room was rocking the beer gut. You need to go find this song and For listen to it. For a 14-year-old. Yep. Yep. Oh, I love it. But, you I know. I love it. But to this day, I could, like, whip it out. If I if I had my guitar with me, gal, like, I might be singing Rockin' the Beer Gut right now. <laughs> I feel like the next episode, we no. might need some musical we're, accompaniment. We're going to conveniently forget that at home. Yes, good job. That's Ooh, a tricky word. That was a big word. For All right. We're really wrapping it up night. now. Go look up Rock in the Beer Gut, but also send us a message, reach out, touch base with us. Shifting our stories at yahoo.com. What did I forget, Abby? You usually do this part. Yeah, uh, we're on the Twitter. We're uh, on the Twitter? Twitter. Yeah, I don't know. We don't do Twitter well, but um, Facebook is where you can find us. Um, shout out at, shout out, da, da, da. shout out at us. There you go. <laughs> it's been a long week, y'all. It's been a really long week. Um, if a southern came out there, real it really real hardcore, didn't it? It really did. And just before we started oh. turning this on, she was picking on me for my northernness coming out. No, so. I, was, I was trying. We're, she went real deep south just there, and we're gonna have our own little civil war here across the table. <laughs> um, anyways, shout out, shout. I can't, still can't do it. Shout out at us, and um, just let us know what you think, and if you've got stories that you want to share with us. Um, we're always interested in new 
guests to talk to. Oh, for sure. Or we could even like read your story for you. Right? Um, send us, like she said, shifting our stories at yahoo.com. Send us a private message on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. And um, I think that's all we got for yeah. tonight. We'll talk to you next time. But thanks for opening up to us, Jen. Yeah, no problem. I'm Happy gonna, 10th episode. I'm going to go back to being in the background from here on out. Here, well, <gasps> cheers to the 10th episode. No, you cannot go back to the background. <laughs> I will pull her out for us. But I'm really, I that that's my sweet spot, I think, is like being in the background. Because you're a two. I'm a two. I don't know if y'all do like She's an Enneagram, Enneagram too, y'all. She's a two. A we'll get into two. that on like on a whole nother episode. We do but... need to do an Enneagram episode. I know. Okay. We'll get there. All right. So maybe the next one. All right. All right. But for now, we're going to cheers to a happy 10th episode because we're kind of excited about it. So cheers. All right. Till next time. See you, friends. Bye.